Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Girls. I cannot believe we made it, but it is race week, and have we got an episode for you. We saw cars on track, so we're going to go through all of the fun and the wildness of preseason testing, plus back to basics and regular programming with a Bahrain Grand Prix preview. We're so excited, um, which means we will have our race pre- previews and recaps as usual for the upcoming season. We have loved the fun off-season content and interviews, but we are very excited to get back into the season and into the swing of things. Uh, Our last podcast reminder that you have three more days to join our Fantasy League on Grid Rival for a chance to win $500 for first prize, $300 for second, and $200 for our top Patreon members. So link is in the episode notes to join. It's completely free. If you don't join now, you are locked out for the whole season, which would be very sad. So definitely join us. We also have a special F1 fantasy chat and discord where we'll be discussing all things fantasy. So just make sure to join that as well for more fun and info. So with that, I'm Tiggy. I'm Sarah. And I'm Chessa. Okay, let's keep the excitement rolling and dive into all things that have been or that are the preseason testing that happened at the end of this week or last week. So preseason testing is really just a time to give teams the opportunity to test their cars in the wild, so to speak, and then make any necessary adjustments before the start of the season. They can test a few different setups and strategies, and they can basically overall see what's going to work best for their car and for their drivers this year. And like we mentioned last episode, it is pretty hard to read too much into times or results from preseason testing because teams are testing with super different setups, different tires, fuel loads, et cetera. For example, if you're running a really light fuel load, you can seem like you're putting up much faster times in teams that might be running more of a full Grand Prix, full fuel load. Um, But testing definitely starts to raise some general questions, give a broader sense of what we can expect. The first day is usually focused on getting the cars up to speed, ensuring that everything is working properly. Then by the third day, cars are going faster. Drivers are kind of trying to set more fast laps and focus a bit more on performance. So for some highlights, we'll hit a few highlights before we get into MVPs and LVPs of testing, which we did last year, which we thought was very fun. So we're going to do that again. But first, like we also did last year, I'm going to make you guys guess which team clocked the most laps and which driver. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say it was more like a midfield team and it wasn't Red Bull. I think Red Bull clocked the most Sarah's putting her weight behind. Is it was it Red Bull? I don't think it's Red Bull. I think it was a team that needs more time and data, like Mercedes or Ferrari. <laughs> it was Haas. Our P10 in constructors Whoa. ran the most laps. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> Go Haas. That's legendary. Get a yeah. nice reps. So in. I was kind of along the same right lines of being like the team that needs the most help, needs the most. Yes, time. if you would call them a midfield <laughs> team. Exactly. Um, And so Kevin Magnuson was uh, number one in laps driven. He did 239, followed by Carlos 224, and then Danny 210. So a fun top three there. (laughs) Um, But kind of random. I think main headline of testing, and I'm curious your guys' thoughts, but it felt to me like everybody had a good test. Red Bull had a great test, at least the first day. Um, we can talk about kind of the, the second two days as well. But I think besides some brief drain hole cover drama that cut some of the sessions short, um, we had a brief moment of Checo's brakes on fire. But like other than that, pretty smooth sailing and not a ton of reliability <laughs> issues for people. So I think it was I think it was really a good session for most and got a lot of data. And justice 
Justice for Las Vegas. I think it was yes. Ruth Buscombe who <laughs> was doing amazing recap stories. And she was noting how on a lot of circuits, including tracks like Bahrain that get days and days of both Grand Prix racing and testing per year, still have these issues. So it is not just Vegas. So happens elsewhere too. I was feeling very vindicated. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Like Sarah said, so the times here don't really mean much. You have to take them with a grain of salt because the teams are testing their different setups. But the drivers, of course, want to be competitive. We're trying to set good laps towards the end. So overall, we had Carlos and Charles setting a one-two for testing testing times. We had George and Joe, quite surprisingly, coming in P3 and P4. And then we had Checo and Max in five and six. So the qualifying simulation from F1 has Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Mercedes, V-Car- and V-Carb as the top five. V-Carb is going to be the wild card thrown in there, so we can talk about that too. <laughs> yeah, and these are, again, just simulations. We don't know what fuel loads people were running, but it was interesting to see F1 doing some of the projections on quality and race pace. And yeah, V-Carb snuck its way into the top five. So we'll talk about that as well. But maybe just a quick highlight of the days. So day one, Max topped both sessions. Checo was not in the car that day. But the main shock and the main talking point of that day where everyone was like kind of nervous was that he had a one over one second gap to Lando in second. And Again, we don't know fuel fuel loads, but it was definitely a bit of a shockwave through the system and the kind of meme of GP just like smiling on the pit wall <laughs> really Yeah, like terrifying. Red Bull's <laughs> running away with it already and it's only day one. And they have a whole kind of new concept. Yeah. I love the recap videos that Red Bull starts posting of, you know, the race season is back when Max is walking around doing his hand gestures. There was one in particular that it was basically a flapping motion and then Checo started doing it too. This one. Like birds. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what was going on, what turn this was supposed <laughs> to be, but I think they were having a good time. So to wrap up, just the quick highlights of the different days. For day two, Carlos topped the day after some drain cover drama that ruined Charles's floor and caused the morning session to end early. Carlos's time on day two was the fastest lap of the three days. Um, and it's notable that he set on a he set that on a C4 tire, which won't be available for the GP this weekend in Bahrain. Um, for day three, there was more drain cover troubles as well. And yet yeah, Charles set the fastest time also in day three. So overall reactions to testing, I think for me, Wednesday felt like Christmas morning waking up. It was such a blast to see cars on track. <laughs> it felt, like I said, kind of very low drama. No team really had, in my mind, a bad test. There were some little, you know, growing pains here and there. But um, what's exciting to me, I think, overall is that obviously Red Bull set some really fast times on day one, but Ferrari looks really good. McLaren looks really good. And Mercedes, new concept, also looking pretty good. So they all had, I think, pretty positive tests. And that means hopefully we're in store for a very exciting P2 through P4 battle and some other teams yeah. like VCARB maybe moving up the pecking order. I think like we've caveated a million times, it's hard to read too much into times, but it feels like at this stage, we're going to have a very similar potential outcome to last season with Red Bull out front. And then those teams I mentioned competing for P2 and then hopefully some fun midfield action between VCARB, Aston Martin, Alpine, hopefully Williams as well. And then it does seem like Stake and Haas will probably be a bit more towards the back. But I think we're going to have some really exciting midfield battles. And I'm hoping that P2 has closed a little bit to Red Bull. But yeah, it was a fun time. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. I think one thing that stuck out to me, 
and is interesting about Steak definitely looking like they're going to have their fair share of challenges of the, as they have been having the past few years. But Botas seemed pretty positive yeah. and kind of excited for the season. He said he's excited to that there might be some surprises in store. So I don't know if maybe that's just overall optimism about the rebrand or if that's hinting at something more, but I was encouraged to see that. And also Charles seemed quite positive, which again, that felt a little unusual for them to be that outwardly optimistic. Um, So I was pretty intrigued by both of those. Yeah. I, I think my biggest thing was the Ferrari optimism and how the drivers were like, the car is driving as it should, which was not how it was last year. So I think they're both very optimistic <laughs> and it's nice to see Ferrari kind of like saying that they're consistent um, and actually being consistent. So that was a big one. Sarah, the thing that you just said about Botas reminded me like F1 posted this thing about the drivers talking about why they should be on people's fantasy teams. And Botas was like, video. <laughs> you should be on my fantasy team. We put it on our story because Botas is like, you should be, I, I, you should pick me for your fantasy team because we have a lot of things like in in the works for you like there's a lot in surprise yeah yeah so <laughs> i know i i picked him for my fantasy team <laughs> i think i did too <laughs> okay so into mvps and lvps of testing we have to start with probably the obvious which is red bull the talk of the town ahead of testing was their new side pod concept which looks a lot like what mercedes tried to do at the start of these regulations in <laughs> There are a lot of memes and jokes of them like trolling Mercedes by taking their concept and Ouch. There already, even if we've only had three days of testing. But it seems like they have done so. Again, GP smile just kind of said it all. Like people say, don't look at the times, but look at the body language and the max hand movements. Wow. Smile. It was all kind of like coming together for them. But um, based on the data, again, this is not necessarily true or accurate, but F1 is projecting they have about a 0.22 seconds per lap advantage at this stage. We'll see holds, but it that closed the gap a little bit from last year, but it's still pretty bad. Yeah, but if you like (laughs) if you play that out like in 50 laps points. What a drag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um Alonso, I think I don't know if it was the first day or second day, but he was basically like me and all 18 other drivers know who will be champion again this year. (laughs) Um, And there was a lot of commentary I thought that was interesting about Albon. I guess he was on the High Performance Podcast. I haven't listened to that yet, but they were talking about how he was speaking about his time as Max's teammate and what makes Max such a special and good driver. And they were kind of making the analogy of like, if you turn the video game sensitivities settings up, like to the absolute max or like, you know how you have a mouse pad. If you turn the sensitivity of that up to the nth degree, like that's how Max likes his car. And he is so good at like the highest sensitivity because he can just feel it so well. And like no other driver can compete with that because like it's just to the nth degree. So I thought that was kind of an interesting tidbit, but yeah. I wonder how it makes Checo feel for everyone to be walking around and being like Red Bull us obviously like the cream of the crop this year, but it's not you. We all know it's going to be Max. Like, it must be tough knowing you're sitting in like the best car that money can buy and you're still not going to be able to compete. With the car sensitivity, that reminds me a lot of what Bradley, who was on the podcast in one of our offseason interviews, and he had been Max's trainer for all three of his championships. And he was saying how when Max was young and was karting, which has been, of course, much discussed, how his dad would switch out one part, something tiny, and have Max drive around and be able to tell him 
what tiny thing had changed Insane. on the cart or on the car, which that's it totally makes sense now why he's why that's one of his top talents. Yeah, so crazy. So talking about Ferrari, I think they look like they've definitely closed at least some of the gap to Red Bull. It's impossible to say how much right now, and it's definitely not going to be one-to-one or completely on par with Red Bull. But I think it's exciting to see that we could potentially have a closer battle this year. I think for Ferrari, one of the biggest issues that plagued them last year was tire deg. And the rumors are they've improved this massively with their concept this year. So even if they just get that, I think it'll be really great. And like I said earlier, Charles and Carlos seem to feel a lot more confident in the car and its predictability. They're happy with how they're starting the season in it. So that's definitely going to be a win for them, at least starting off this season. And like I said, they definitely said it was very erratic last year. They were able to get seven pole positions out of the whole season, but only one race uh, of last year. So it was very low conversion in that sense. And it doesn't mean that they're going to be competing with Red Bull this year for the championship, but I think a fiercer fight to Mercedes and McLaren um, in, in the overall P2 competition will be very nice for us spectators to enjoy. Or at least like just a few more wins for another team other than Red Bull would be nice, even if Red Bull kind of mm. runs away with it. Like, I just hope we have more than just, you know, one Carlos win out of 23, 24 races. I really want a Charles win. That would be great. I want a Lando win so badly. (laughs) Both McLaren drivers. Maybe we're getting too greedy, but (laughs) we got to hold your horses there, ladies. (laughs) I'm just going to throw in a Lewis win real quick. Oh, God. (laughs) That's it. We've asked too much of the universe. It's now going to conspire against us. Oh, Tiggy, I meant to tell you, I was at my parents earlier and they got Almave to try. Oh my god! They gosh. got a bottle. The bottle looks super cool. They're Have they tried it? it? On the Upper West Side. No, they haven't tried it yet. So we'll be sure to report back. But yes, I was saying, please, I'll do a tasting with them. <laughs> yeah. Did you just like get her sprint to your parents' house right after this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm only a few blocks away. <laughs> um, for, speaking of, speaking yeah, go of for it. Mercedes. Yeah. They, <laughs> seem to have turned a little bit of a corner with their concept. Their quality pace is projected to be fourth, but also according to projections, they're only second behind Red Bull on actual race pace. Their technical director, James Allison, thinks they'll be fighting closely with Ferrari and McLaren for second. So along with Tiggy was saying earlier, I think hopefully this year, even if Red Bull isn't clearly in P1, I think P2 through P4 in constructors should be super exciting for VCARB. Also, they seem to have made a bit of a jump forward the rebrand serving them well race pace productions have them competitive with Aston Martin potentially even faster and I think they've played down their potential a bit but quality pace has them sitting fifth behind Mercedes and ahead of Aston Martin Yuki was saying he's been doing a lot of training in the offseason so good for him he's he's (laughs) coming in ready to fire on all cylinders (laughs) yeah I think I think it would be really fun to see them make a jump up the grid because they do have really, really talented, experienced at this point drivers. So it would be fun to see them kind of back with their mojo and competing. Although there is lots of controversy around the kind of two Red Bull team thing. Zach Brown has been very vocal about that so far um, in testing and kind of leading up. But obviously there's been defense from Red Bull and the organization more broadly. So we'll see how that plays out. So those were our kind of top four MVP picks. For our LVPs, I just want to caveat that this is definitely relative because like we said at the beginning, I don't think any team really had a bad test, but there were a couple teams that just felt like maybe it wasn't as great as they would have hoped. 
I think Aston Martin for me jumps out as one after last year, especially they had just such a shock performance at testing. And then the first race, they came out so strong and got a podium this year feels a bit to me, lukewarm, like again, not bad, but just somewhere in the middle of the pack. And given that, like we just mentioned, V-Carb is looking a little stronger. It may be a tougher battle this season for them to kind of be in that P4, P5, P6 range. P4 might not even be possible, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, Kind of like starting the season where they ended last year, where they kind of fell to the back foot, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. For Haas, another one of our so-called LVPs for for what we know so far, their race pace simulation was last of all of the teams, despite, I guess, having the most time for testing or most time <laughs> on track. But they did have a more consistent testing run than they have in prior years. Again, no team had a really bad testing weekend. Haas also completed the most laps, like we said, so they'll hopefully have a lot of data to work with and to improve. And Komatsu is definitely helping them on their way um, from last but not expecting too much heading into the season. He has qualified a lot, sort of like we're still kind of growing. We're still kind of learning. This might not be our year, but we definitely have like a good trajectory forward. One thing to note about Haas is there was some speculation that they were running heavier fuel loads to do longer stints and we're really trying to get on top of their tire day problems. And if that's the case, heavier fuel loads are definitely going to lend to slower track time. So that's just something to think about as well. Yeah, because if we remember from last season, like they were pretty good at putting in a glory lap and qualifying and then the race <laughs> yeah, would just like kind of fall apart. And I think tire deck a was a big lap. part of that. <laughs> a yeah, glory lap. lap. Glory. We should start saying that. <laughs> let's, let's do a series where we're like, what was, what was everyone's fat favorite glory lap of quality for this race? <laughs> like Joe's glory lap in testing. Like all of a sudden yeah, he's in Jack exactly. three. <laughs> yeah. For Williams, hesitate to even kind of put them in the LVP category. It definitely was not a bad test, but they did have a few reliability issues that cost them lap time to be expected given how much they've changed their car, but they clocked the least number of laps over the three days. So they might not have completed their full testing program of getting all of the setups in there that they wanted to see on track. One thing that Albon mentioned was that they're likely not going to be as fast on the straights like they were last year, but that the car feels a bit more balanced overall. So hopefully that will help them with consistency because we all remember from last year, they would have incredible straight line speed on certain tracks, look kind of unbeatable on the straights, but then really struggled with having a, a consistent car across the whole season. Yeah, and Albon said in the same fantasy reel that we posted on our story that <laughs> he picked two races. I think one was Silverstone and then maybe another was like Monza or something. But he Monza, was like, yeah. make sure you pick me for your team on those two races. So I don't know what that means. but <laughs> uh, Yeah, so anyone who has not done – <laughs> anyone who's left on their fantasy league uh go listen to that and that'll help you put together your team for our grid level <laughs> max was so funny it was <laughs> you need someone to win like, why should you everyone's like oh i'm a good deal and i'm gonna i'm not that expensive and i'm gonna have some good races this season and max is like oh well you want someone to win to get your points in fantasy <laughs> it's like, and hopefully so that'll be me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um for the other teams so mclaren I was definitely like debating putting them in the MVP category, but they were a little bit slow to get Lando out on the first day. They had some issues on day three as well, but overall their race pace looks great. They definitely seem poised to be competing for podiums right off the bat, hopefully just picking things back up right where they left off towards the end of the last season. So I think they had a pretty good testing run. Both drivers seem to be confident, happy, 
Um, we'll talk about Drive to Survive, but that was one of my favorite episodes, the McLaren one so far. And so it's nice to see they're like on the up and starting the season on an optimistic note. <laughs> That's amazing. For Alpine, they're pretty middle of the pack. Um, not much to read into at this stage. The one noticeable difference is their messaging. Last year, they heavily overpromised and subsequently underdelivered, but this year they've stayed pretty muted overall about their prospects. So we'll see what that means for their race pace. Personally, I'd love to see them fighting for true midfield position, aka like P4, P5. There were some comments that the car seemed pretty difficult for both drivers to handle around certain corners. So they could be in for a long season regarding that and sort of like drivability for them, but we'll see. Only time will tell. And to close out really quick on the team stake, they also last, lost out on some lap time and seemed to be towards the middle slash back of the pack, I would say, though Joe did have his <laughs> glory lap, as we like to put it, <laughs> that put him in the top two. So the assumption is that he was running a very low, low fuel load and it might not be very indicative at all of what he could pull out in a race. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code for the girls at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code for the girls for 20% off your first order. Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacovas your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacovas. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. Personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Getting into our Bahrain Grand Prix preview. We I are listening that. I can't believe I it. <laughs> We're so, so excited and 
we're just so happy to be back. But before we dive in, we wanted to give you all a bit of a sense of what to expect in terms of episodes this season and when. Our usual race preview episodes with our hot takes, those will generally be shorter, 15-minute-ish episodes on Thursdays before the race weekend, except for today since we're combining with the testing recap. And then we'll have race recaps after every race, including our typical MVPs, LVPs, Radio of the Week. Those will be out on Mondays after race weekends. And then for the world, the sustainability series and for the future, the women in motorsport series will continue as usual on a monthly basis. And then, of course, any fun extra episodes sprinkled in along the way, whether it's interviews or an emergency news episode, like <laughs> Hamilton shock move to Ferrari recorded at 7 a.m. Well, that, was, that, was, that was all. And a big shout out to the Discord. For those who are new here, the For the Girls Discord is our favorite community on race weekends. People are in there live chatting, every lap, overtake, DNF. So definitely hop in there if you want more friends to discuss with. The link is in our episode notes and on our Instagram link tree. And also could be a great way to meet friends in your city if you're trying to meet up with people to watch races. Which, speaking of, we have our first watch party for the season opener. Uh, If you are in New York, it's the races on Saturday this year because of Ramadan. Saudi got moved to Saturday. And so there's an F1 FIA rule that races have to be seven days apart. So Bahrain got pushed to Saturday as well. But all that to say, come join us on Saturday um, at Roebling. The information is all on our Instagram and Discord. But we would love to see you there. It's going to be a blast. Nothing like starting your weekend at 10 a.m. with F1. It's going to be <laughs> different than we've done in the past, but I'm very excited. Okay, so let's talk about the Bahrain race. So this GP has been around since 2004. It's typically been on the front end of the calendar, but it's this, been the season opener for the past few years now. So it goes without saying, there's always been a lot of anticipation for this race to see who's looking strong, how different the season could be from last season, who's carrying over from testing, like all the positive, who's kind of going to be a surprise based on what we've seen in testing. So a lot to look out for. Um, but like we've been always said, the way the season starts is not how it <laughs> ends. So regardless of this, we're ready to get the party started, see what happens and just kick off the 2024 season. <laughs> I'm so ready. The circuit, the Bahrain International Circuit, sometimes just referred to as Secure, it's 5.4 kilometers, 57 laps, 15 turns, three DRS zones, which is fun. We love three as opposed to two. Um, Pedro de la Rosa holds the lap record from 2005, which is funny because it's the only fastest lap of his whole career. It's a racetrack where <laughs> decades old laps and lap times still uh, stand. So I guess he made a count. Um, wow. But Go yeah, this is, <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> Go <And> Pedro. <laughs> uh, less than half the races here have been won by pole. So that could be also very interesting. We'll see what happens in quality versus the race. But again, for conditions, it's essentially in the desert. So there can be high winds. The race organizers spray the nearby sand with adhesive, like we talked about last year, to prevent it from blowing over the track. So uh, there have been sandstorms in the past. Hopefully we are not in store for that, but watch out for winds and conditions there. In terms of some quick history, the track's relatively new in historical terms. It was built in the early 2000s. It was the first track in the Middle East to host a Grand Prix. Schumacher won the inaugural race here. He also apparently had a hand in consulting in the layout and design of the circuit, which is very cool. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, after his skiing accident, the track named the first turn after him, and it's still the only turn with a name as opposed to just a number. 
And this track is also the site of Roman Grosjean's terrifying crash and burning car incident with Haas during the 2020 Bahrain GP. Okay, so let's talk about last year's race. So this was also the season opener. Last year, it was a big one. Red Bull came out of the gates in a, in style with a runaway 1-2. Good for Checo, I guess. Good start for him. Did not reflect the rest of the season. But Max was 11 seconds ahead of Checo in P2. And then Checo was 40 seconds ahead of P3. So in that case, it definitely <laughs> did represent um, <laughs> Brutal. pace that Red Bull had. Womp womp. <laughs> But the main excitement was that third podium position, P3, was Alonso. So this was the start of Aston Martin's big comeback kind of glory period at the start of the last season. Lance had run uh, into Alonso off the start, so this was an extra good and unexpected result. And this was also crazy. Lance had come back from two broken wrists, like very unexpectedly. Yeah. So that was wild drama for this race. But in... A not huge surprise. Charles unfortunately had an engine failure towards the end of the race and the sad no power on the radio. Hopefully not very many sad Charles radios in no store power. for us this year, but <laughs> there are many of them. Um, no, Oscar no, also no so sadly had a mechanical retirement in his F1 debut which is kind of hard to remember now, but this was when McLaren really struggled in the first half of the season. Morale was pretty low and there was a lot of like managing of the drivers to do in terms of like morale and, and spirit, but how the tables have turned, which is so great. So what kind of racing can we expect? It's a fast track, good overtaking opportunities. Again, it's a newer track. It also has three DRS zones compared to the standard two. So we should be seeing some excitement. And if testing times are indicative of anything, the field should continue to be close and fast. So we have some competition and hopefully on track battles to look out for. And even though last year's race was a bit of a runaway in the past few years, we have had some really exciting battles here. I think it was in 2022, Max and Charles had a ton of lead switches here, a lot of Mm -hmm. great overtaking. So hopefully we have that in store this race. So speaking of hot takes and predictions, season openers, (laughs) what are we thinking? I love that we're finally doing this. I've been dreaming of this (laughs) for however many days. Do you want to start? You want to kick us off? I do. Okay. Um, damn, I'm going to have to say, okay, yeah, Max is probably going to win this race. We're going to see a Red Bull. But here's what I think. We're going to have Oscar and Charles in P2 and P3 order. I don't know the order yet, but they're going to be Oscar, on the podium to wow. – Yeah, just to make up for their bad – their unfortunate season openers last year. So we'll see that, and then we'll see our Mercedes in P4, and Checo will be P5. specific wow very specific hot takes i'm just gonna keep it simple i'm gonna go with a lando podium um first race that's what i'm hoping for okay good i love that mine is more thematic i'm really hoping like i said with kind of the back and forth we saw with max and charles in 2022 here i really want max to have to fight for the win and have at least some strong overtake opportunities for Max and either a McLaren or Max and a Ferrari. Okay. Not Max and a Mercedes. I don't see that (laughs) happening. I think Ferrari (laughs) or McLaren. There we go. Let's end our episode with some quick news this week. I think the most exciting news for us is that Drive to Survive, Drive to Survive, Survive, season six has arrived. And I want to hear everyone's thoughts so far. I think my biggest thing is that Williams seems like such a promising team um, and how they're painted in season six. So I'm really excited to see how, how they play this year. 
Well, first, how far are you guys? Because I, I don't want to like give spoilers if I'm farther along. <laughs> I'm not far in, but you all can spoil. That's fine. I'll, I'll watch it all. Well, everyone saw the season last year. Like we know what ha- we know. Max won. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, there. But there are drive to survive spoilers. <laughs> okay, I take okay, it you guys have not watched very much. <laughs> no. Okay, I so but Tiggy, you can say it, and if anyone here does not want to be spoiled, turn off the episode now. <laughs> Okay, well, I am – I don't know how many episodes in. I'm probably like six or seven episodes in. Um, and I think it's actually a really, really good season. I am loving it. Like I think with Drive to Survive, you were always hoping for something more where it's like, oh, I just wish I were like in the room for that conversation or I got a little bit more of that. But I do feel like there were some really great moments. Like I loved seeing the Daniel Ricardo testing come back to Red Bull and to, to Alpha Tauri, and I thought that was a really interesting and well-portrayed episode I mentioned earlier the McLaren episode is one of my favorites like it's just I think it feels nice to watch now knowing like how it ended (laughs) um last season rather than them just being like sad (laughs) all the time um I was surprised that they had two episodes on Alpine um that was a little bit surprising well a lot happened with them last year I know um, but I did love. The Were French. you surprised that they went into like the Ocon Gasly head to head sort of like relationship? No, because I think it's a really good storyline. And I think especially with the kind of celebrity interest and involvement and investment in Alpine, like there is a lot to talk about with the team, but it just felt from a racing perspective in like no man's land, kind of no one was paying attention to them last year. So it's like interesting to see that Drive to Survive focused yeah. so much on them when like and the teammate like rivalry aspect out of has yeah, that's what I was asking for. Like, is Ocon and they have that rivalry? And like, do you think that DTS painted it in the right light? Yeah, I think I don't know. It was okay. Right is like I don't know what that how to define right, but I think yeah, they painted it in a good way where I felt a little bit bad for Otmar and how they portrayed him. Like, I don't know what happened <laughs> behind the scenes, yeah. but. Um, it was interesting to see kind of Bruno Fahman. I had not known much about him. So it was interesting to see the way they portrayed him and how he handled the kind of dynamic between the two drivers. So yeah, you guys have fun stuff in store. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, okay. Last pieces of news. So there was a conference, of course, during preseason testing, but Hamilton opened up a little bit more about his new chapter with Ferrari, why he chose to make the switch. Uh, it sounds like the conversations kind of kicked off formally in January, but if you've seen Drive to Survive, they do mention Ferrari a lot in the world of Mercedes for Hamilton. So, you know, there was a lot to say for him, and he basically just said that the stars really aligned for him to make the move. And I love that Lewis is like the stars really aligned, whereas probably Vasora has been putting in the work for many years to try. <laughs> for yeah, I think three was decades last season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so, that was one of insane. my favorite kind of developments of Lewis speaking out is – one, his quote about, I'm writing my own story. Like, I, that's a very Lewis quote, but I like to hear that. And two, that it really wouldn't have happened without Fred Visser. And when you guys watch the Ferrari episode of Drive to Survive, it's interesting to see kind of Fred coming into the team and just all the pressure because he's not Italian. Like, they're, you know, Bonotto obviously was Italian, but had some struggles. So it was just interesting to kind of see how they portray Fred and, how he's they say I think there's a quote in there that he's responsible for like half the grid's careers and I think Lewis wow is, is no oh I'm excited that so I think yeah I was excited to see Hamilton speak out and 
I'm feeling good about the Ferrari move. I feel better and better as the weeks go on. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Glad to hear. (laughs) In our last piece of news, so this was wild, but the Formula E CEO, Jeff Dodds, said that he is 99% sure Max will win this season, but as incentive for someone else to win, he is pledging $250,000 to a charitable donation to the winning driver if his name is not Max Verstappen. So the chances of that are low, but (laughs) I love to see it. (laughs) So that's it for our preseason testing recap, barring preview. We cannot wait to catch back up with everyone after the race and give our thoughts. But as a reminder, only three more days to join the Fantasy League team. Otherwise, you're going to be locked out for the rest of the season. So come join us over at Grid Rival. The link to join is all over our Instagram. It is in the episode notes. And as a reminder, we've also been posting about it on Instagram. But if you're in New York uh, this weekend, come to our watch party on Saturday at Roebling in Brooklyn. It's going to be amazing. So don't forget to also jump in the Discord, talk to us. But until then, we'll we'll talk later. 